Well, welcome to the Coffee House Questions podcast. This is Ryan Polly. This is the first podcast that is being recorded from Colorado. I recently finished up uh, the semester at Biola as well as my semester of teaching. So on Thursday, I flew back to Colorado and getting some good vacation time, spending time with my family and friends and getting to see people and play some golf. And it's going to be a great time here. But I wanted to take my time this morning and uh, get this podcast recorded for all of you and and so that's what we're doing right now. But um, one thing that I always try so hard to, to focus on is is I, I'm learning apologetics and I'm applying it in the classroom. I'm, I'm, I'm writing blogs and recording the podcast and I'm using it. Uh, but I don't find myself in conversations frequently um, with people out in public. And so one thing I always do is when I get on an airplane, I kind of, you know, God, if you know, pray, God, if you, if you want me to talk to this person, like I pray that... Uh, that would work out. And so when I normally sit down on an airplane, I'll introduce myself, say hi, and maybe ask a couple questions about uh, if they're going on vacation, if they're going home, and and just trying to kind of gauge, you know, is this person talkative? Do they want to have a conversation with me or not? Because I think you can you can find out very quickly uh, the people who are on an airplane and they want you to leave them alone. Um, and so I'm not going to bother them or press them uh, if they don't want to talk to me. Uh, but if they're willing to engage in conversation, then uh, then I'm going to talk with them and, and see where the conversation goes. So anyways, I got on the plane on Thursday, and, and one of the books that I am reading, my first book on my summer list, and I actually finished it on the plane, is called Five Sacred Crossings uh, by Dr. Craig Hazen, who is the um, founder of the apologetics program at Biola University and has his PhD in religious studies from the University of California. And so he's written this book uh, called The Five Sacred Crossings, and it's a novel uh, that applies five kind of religious truths uh, that are unique to Christianity, um, but applies it in a way and writes it in a way that kind of shows if you're on this quest for religious truth and you're trying to figure out which religion is true, it's important to think about these five things, and these things are unique to Christianity. And so uh, a rational, reasonable person uh, on a search for truth will start with Christianity. So anyways, I sat down on the plane, kind of, uh, and quickly found out the two guys next to me uh, didn't want to be having a conversation or talking. So I just pulled out my book and started reading. Well, about after 30 or 45 minutes, the guy next to me kind of looks over and goes, what are you reading? And I said, oh, you know, it's this book. And I kind of gave the same explanation about it that I just did. And he asked me, well, are you on a religious truth quest? And I said, well, I'm always looking and trying to figure out which religion is true. I said, but I'm convinced that Christianity uh, is, is true. And he goes, well, let me tell you about religion. And tell, begins to tell me how religion is only based on beliefs, uh, that there is no proof, um, and that people always believe uh, what their parents train them to do. If, if your parents um, bring you up going to church, then, uh, then you're a Christian. And if your parents are non-religious, then most likely children are going to be non-religious. And so I responded, I said, yeah, I, I, I agree with you for the most part, that most people hold to their religious system, their religion, uh, because that's what they were brought up in. Um, most Christians are Christians because their parents are Christian. And if you ask most high schoolers, why are you a Christian? They'll say, well, my family is a Christian or, or because I grew up going to church. And that's how it is with most people. Now, there are some people that walk away or change, and there are there is that. But most people uh, hold to their system because that's the way they grew up. And so I asked him, I said, now, but that doesn't make the religion true. And I said, and so, yes, I, I understand that, that my parents brought me up as a Christian. And that's why I started out as a Christian. But there came a point where I had to finally decide for myself, is this actually true? And he began to say, well, you can't prove anything. 
And he goes, you know, think of the afterlife. You can't prove that there's an afterlife. You just have to take that on faith because no one has died and come back to death. And I thought it was so funny that he brought this up because I just got done writing a research paper on the evidence for the resurrection. And so I responded, I said, well, there was one guy that died and came back to death. And then he told us that the same thing would happen to us. And so if what he's saying is true, then we can be confident that there's an afterlife. And he said, oh, you're talking about Jesus. Well, what you need to realize is that there's the real Jesus and there's the religious Jesus. The religious Jesus was created hundreds of years later when the Bible was put together and he began to go through all this sort of stuff. And, and I was asking questions, you know, how did you come to that conclusion and kind of teasing out some of those ideas from him. But what I thought was fascinating is this kind of goes along with the first point of the five sacred crossings, the first crossing. Now, his main point of our whole conversation we had on the plane, and this is what he finished with, is as he was leaving the plane, he said, look, the important thing to realize is that you don't need proof to believe something. And I said, you know, I absolutely agree with you. You don't need proof to believe something, but that doesn't make your belief true. It's possible that people are believing false things because there is no proof or there's no reason to believe those things. And so we should be looking for that. And so the, the first crossing in, in Dr. Hazen's book, Five Sacred Crossings, says this. Spiritual knowledge springs from within and from without. Where one is absent, the other is void. And so this go, there's a lot of explanation uh, that goes along with this in the book, and I highly recommend you get it. But what this is saying is that to know spiritual things, there is a subjective inner experience that goes the, uh, experience from within us that goes along with spiritual truth. But there also should be an experience or an outside objective standard by which we can judge all things. And if the outside objective standard, the evidence, is absent, then the inward experience becomes void. Now, I'm not against personal experiences. I think personal experiences are amazing when we experience something from God. But the question here is, is if we only have personal experiences and nothing else, then how can we tell someone else that has a personal experience that what their experience is false and ours is true? Right? If you talk with Mormons, and Mormonism boils down to you read the Book of Mormon, you pray to God to reveal that it's true, and you have this inward kind of burning of the bosom, this inward experience that confirms that the Book of Mormon is true. Now, if I only have a personal experience and they have their personal experience, what makes my experience better? And so that's why when on a search for religious truth, it should not only be a personal experience, but there should also be this truth that comes from outside of us this objective standard by which to judge. And with Christianity, it's unique because for us, that is the resurrection of Jesus. And so this guy, without really knowing it, he immediately began to say, oh, well, there's a religious Jesus and there's a real Jesus and you know the religious Jesus was created. Well, what he's doing is he's, he's trying to use history to prove that Christianity is false. And that's the unique thing about Christianity is that Christianity is testable. Christianity is based in history and it can be proven to be either true or false. Christianity is not just someone's personal experience. It's not just someone's dream that they had and now I, I just have to believe and hope that their dream was accurate. It's not just uh, that someone heard a message from God and I just have to hope that what they actually heard is true. But rather that God came down to earth in the form of Jesus Christ, that he died and rose again, but that it's an actual historical event. And so we, on the airplane, the guy brought up, he goes, he admitted that the Jesus had, the real Jesus, according to him, had died and the tomb was empty. But he wasn't willing to admit that he had risen from the dead. And I said, well, how do you explain the empty tomb? 
And he immediately said, well, someone could have stolen the body. And I just kind of laughed inside that I just got done writing a paper and one about a page of my paper was on the stolen body theory. Uh, but I said, you know, who could have stolen the body? Who would have stolen it? Well, the disciples. Well, what motive would they have? And we went over these different possibilities. And, but what it comes down to, and I want you to think about, is that what he was trying to do was use history to prove that Christianity was false. And that's what makes Christianity unique. There's no other religion based in history like Christianity that can be proven true or false based on historical events. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, that if Jesus did not rise from, raise from the dead, then our faith is in vain, our, pre our preaching is useless. But if he did, then everything changes. And so I'm not saying that our personal experience is bad, that if, if we're Christians just because our parents are, that we were raised that way, or that we, we felt Jesus at a certain time. But if all we have is feelings, then what makes our feelings better than someone else? How could we say that someone else is wrong and I mean, we are right? And so we have to understand that when we're on the search for religious truth, that the spiritual knowledge comes from within. It does come from personal experience. This inner witness of the Holy Spirit is huge to know that Christianity is true. But it also comes from without. There also is an objective standard by which we can test our personal experiences to know if they are true and accurate or if they are fooling us. And so I just want to have this in your mind. I think it's fascinating that, yes, we don't have to have proof to believe something, but just because you believe it doesn't make it mean it's true. But our belief should line up with reality and our belief should line up with what really happened. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments or questions, uh, don't hesitate to write me at, on Twitter, RyanPolly3, or on the, the website, coffeehousequestions.com. I'd love to hear from you guys, and I thank you so much. You've been listening to Ryan Polly with Coffee House Questions. This mystery to my soul has drawn me to my knees again, and here I find